Welcome to Movie Ministry. Each week we talk pop culture, entertainment, and how it relates to the teachings of Jesus. Whether movies, TV, or streaming, we talk about it. My name is R.S. Buckner. I am a Christian husband, father, pastor, designer, and nerd. And the topic for today is disaster movies. And Matthew 6, uh, there is a uh, connection there. If, if, if you give me the time, you know, as mentioned uh, in the previous podcast, this is podcast number dos. And in the previous podcast, we talked about um, this is not your traditional kind of movie review podcast um, or critique. You know, uh, it, it is more of a focus on uh, talking about entertainment and how it relates to Jesus. Uh, again, that that was said in the opening. And um, we'll, we'll look at that and, and, and discuss all those things. I am a uh, pastor in uh, Philadelphia currently uh, as we speak. And um, yeah, and I'll, I'll just take the time to break down those movies. I am not a theologian. Uh, I have been around the block or two and can... Uh, look at some scripture and share, and I hope those thoughts can carry you through and, and at least get you to think differently and to see things from a different perspective. Uh, again, we'll talk some aspects about movie, um, you know, like character motivation, more themes and all that stuff. Uh, again, for, for more of a detail of a bra- the background of that, you can go back to the, the first episode um, about that. So, uh, But again, the, the format, uh, we're going to look at... Uh, uh, th- four different areas, first impressions. Um, next would be uh, the forbidden fruit. Uh, then uh, like a come to Jesus moment. What In that aspect, um, what is that connection uh, to Jesus? And then lastly, personal revelation, kind of what, what do these things teach me about myself? Again, first impressions, what I think. Um, forbidden fruit, what does this teach us about the human struggle? And uh, come to Jesus moment, what does this teach me about Jesus, and then personal revelation. What does this teach me about myself? So let's hop on in. Um, and so again, everything's in the title. We're going to talk about a little bit about disaster movies. Won't get into everything about disaster movies, but I love disaster movies. I don't know about you, but I really love disaster movies. And and they're and they're largely cheesy, but there is some some keepers in the bunch where you will have some good directing and writing and we'll talk a little bit about uh those but for the most part they're like um not not as bad as horror movies which i'm a horror fan as well but but they can get there really weird and and um uh popcorn uh big budget movies right again like i said in in some of those selections there are some some gems um again that we'll talk about but uh, for me disaster movies become uh, a doomsday prep for me and and even in our time right now uh dealing with a global pandemic i feel like we're in a disaster movie literally and 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 part of that is tongue in cheek in terms of humor but a lot of that is really Man, it, it has been scary at times. Um, it has been um, discouraging at times, especially with everything and, and what's going on in our country and politics and, and race relations and all of it. it it's, it's just crazy. Um, but, but disaster movies teach me what not to do, really. I mean, I look at some of these main actors. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Uh, I, I'm going to walk away from that or I'm not going to focus on this. Um, and that's what I love about disaster movies. It really distills down the things that we need to be focused on. And we'll talk about it later when, once we, we dive into um, that connection of, of, of the, the come to Jesus moment. Uh, 
But some of my favorite disaster movies, there's a lot of them, and I'm sure you have your own, but for me, um, I, 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 I select few. I, I kind of went on uh, a line and, and, and Google top disaster movies and kind of picked some of the ones over the years that I really loved. Um, you know, and I'm just going to go down the list. And again, not going to go through all of these, but at least gives you an idea of some of my interest and in, in what I like. And and if those you haven't watched, go back and watch those uh, uh, disaster movies uh, that I'm going to mention here. But uh, the first one is Outbreak. And, and these are not in any chronological order or whatever, but but just something that, that as going down the list, I just kind of pick, picked uh, some that re- uh, some movies that really interest me but i love outbreak outbreak was great again i'm not gonna you know a lot of this is off the cuff so not a lot of details about it you can go back and google google it but but i did i did uh i remember um really uh, liking outbreak um I, I got titanic on here which is you know an oldie but goodie and and broke all types of records i remember um it was i forgot the consecutive weeks um that it was at number one uh, all through christmas i remember um and and I remember my mom seeing it like i don't know, like six or seven times with, with one of her friends and and would cry all the time like mom why, why are you doing this to yourself stop yeah but she was like all in um, you know, Godzilla movies, like right? those monster movies, uh, mainly Godzilla movies. Um, you know, I like Pacific Rim too, but, but I like the old school Godzilla movies. I think of the seventies. Uh, it was funny, um, with my kids, I have, I have two boys, uh, uh, we were watching, I forgot the title of it, but we were watching one of the Godzilla movies. And it was funny, my son, who's nine, um, he was like, because he, he saw the newer version of Godzilla and with all its special effects. And I think King of the Monsters was the, was the latest one. And um, he, he I, I'd say, oh, you got to see, like, this is where the King of the Monsters came from. Like, these are the earlier Godzilla films. And I played it, and he was like, that is cheesy. Like, what... <laughs> And it is. I mean, uh, I mean, once you watch King of the Monsters and you go back and watch like these Godzilla movies and he he I mean, it looks like someone put a, a lizard in a microwave and turned it on uh, on high uh, temperature. I mean, it just the suit looks broke down. I mean, it's embarrassing uh, to go back. And, and I, I had no I had no defense. I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> This is cheesy, but I like it anyway. So stop judging me. Um, but you know the Godzilla movies I love. Uh, World War Z um, was awesome, and uh, I believe uh, Brad Pitt was in that one. Uh, this is the end, right? And and you're like, oh, you're a pastor. Yes, this is the end. <laughs> I love that movie. The movie's hilarious. Um, it, it, it it to me is a, it's how I would would respond to a uh, disaster uh, type. Um, a lot of it too, like prior to being a Christian, that, that's definitely how I would respond. But but it seemed very authentic in some ways of just the craziness and 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 just the ridiculous nature. Uh, and 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 in some ways, I've found myself responding the same way during this pandemic. Just like, what is this? Like, this is crazy. I can't believe this is actually happening. And you find the characters in that movie doing the same thing. Snakes on the plane. I mean, really a profound movie. Ever. No, I'm just playing. I mean, that movie was was garbage. Um, hey, if you like like that movie, I, I I'm sorry uh, to hear that. I couldn't help myself uh, to say snakes on a plane. Um, but but to get back to to the, the real movies that I love, uh, Armageddon '98. Uh, really love that movie. That the year I graduated from uh, high school. Um, uh, I remember seeing um, Armageddon. I think uh, I know Bruce Willis was in it. I don't know if um, 
uh his name is slipping my mind i should i should have this on the 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 uh on the brain but um but you know again i'm sure a bunch of people on it you can correct me in the comments um but i remember really liking that movie as well twister 96 um that that's a um i don't know a movie that people don't really talk about a lot uh helen hunt man she was like big time <laughs> uh it seemed you know i don't know if mid 90s to the to the latter 90s um she she had a she had a run there uh, i don't see much of her these days um i, th- I think i saw her in a movie she was playing um a mom or something like that i don't quite remember but yeah i mean that that's uh I definitely remember uh watching uh twister and uh, i remember the promo uh they they were uh, of showing the cow floating in in, in the wind uh, i don't know how much uh, uh that brought a lot of tickets uh, uh brought a lot of people to the movie theaters buying tickets but anyways um cloverfield love cloverfield i think it was matt reeves debut uh who's gone on to do incredible things i love his series of of kind of the reboot of planet of the apes matt reeves is doing some stuff and, and now he's, he's doing the batman they just had a, a trailer uh come out not too um not too long ago i think a couple days ago uh, at, at this taping war of the worlds um and then not the 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 uh definitely talking about the, the radio version though i did take some time to listen to the radio version and and it was somewhat engaging i mean it's it's lost because it's really hard uh, at least for me to get into that but talking more of the tom cruise it it you know it, it did change the world but but i liked it it, it was it was a, a film that i was able to get into signs love signs um again another movie that um was was pretty much big time uh, of the day but not too many people talk about it anymore um and uh but i really 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 loved uh that one and then and then lastly avengers uh uh affinity war and endgame love those movies in in tandem um uh, really really great uh movies and um again in 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 different ways but but do talk about the disaster and, and global threat uh that that we that we have so so that that's kind of the list uh um again short list there's a ton of other movies i could have mentioned but i think as i googled those are some that i kind of grabbed i don't want to again this particular episode not focus so much on um individual movies themselves but but the theme that disaster movies bring so uh, which gets to our next point forbidden fruit Forbidden fruit. Um, again, this part is talking about uh, the really the human struggle uh, of of us. Again, going back to Adam and Eve, you, you see the fruit, you desire it, you want it, and but but when you get into taking a bite of it, it's not what you <laughs> not what you anticipated, right? Um, sure, if Adam and Eve knew what was going to happen if they 
took a, a bite of that fruit, uh, they wouldn't have touched it. And I think that um, throughout life, we can have the same thing. There's a lot of forbidden fruits that, that go out in our lives. And when I think of disaster movies, the forbidden fruit is, is this idea of defeating the global threat, right? Or ending the threat and, and the day is saved. You know, these movies, they, they have this allure that that we band together and 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 we fight the global the global threat and 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 then you know life will go back to the way it is or or way it was and 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 for me it's like that's that is the epitome of forbidden fruit um when we watch these movies uh, again there there is the false hope when you walk out of it like the day is saved but then when you really think about it, most of these movies, uh, the characters had crazy issues, uh, whether, you know, the, the typical trope is is the main character is in a, a, a broken marriage and maybe has a kid or two and, and you know, and, and the, this whole event brings the family together in some way. Um, but I think if we were to play out these characters after the movies, they will still have issues, right? Uh, yes, the global threat is is defeated, and I'm using air quotes, right, on the podcast. But but really, the local one still exists. Like the, the there's still problems, and in 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 this uh, really outside of just our local homes. I mean that that. There's still this infighting now. Some some of the great disaster movies, none really comes to mind right away. I think you can you can throw in Independence Day there too as well after the defeat, or you can still have the infighting between countries and stuff like that, and 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 one country wanting to one up the other country. Um, you know, I definitely read that in one of the books um, uh, called um, Oh Man, It's Slipping My Mind. I will put it in the um, comments and show notes. But um, there's a book that I read, a sci-fi series, uh, again, uh, among kind of disaster movies. And it was really cool. It was very smart in a way where you have the global threat defeated, but there's still this infighting between countries of who really helped the defeat, right? And it's all this kind of PR campaign of, of well, we were the ones to come to the aid to, to, to defeat it, right? And, and one of those few disaster stories um that that says you know no there's still issues and in fact a lot of issues and 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 the the series end with and i'm spoiling it for people but this the this the series ends with some of the main characters and not the greatest light and and it doesn't end well and i really loved it again i put it in in the comments once it comes to mind I, uh, Fear the Sky. There we go. Fear the Sky uh, series. See, there we go. My brain works. Um, but but that that is the forbidden fruit, man. I mean, I think, and even in this pandemic, uh, there there could be a lot of false hope of of um, you know we'll get a vaccine and and then we'll get back to normal and we'll, and we'll watch uh, sports with people actually in the stands and 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 then and then um, then America will be whole again. And I'm like, no. <laughs> It won't. I mean, America was jacked up before the pandemic and was jacked up during the pandemic. And when the pandemic is over, America will still be jacked up. And not just America and single out America, the whole world. People still will have issues. And and we can't get caught up in 
the global threat and thinking that if we defeat it, life is saved as we know it. And in our country right now, if you're not from America, which I'm sure uh, you have heard, uh, there's an election coming uh, this uh, fall. And at the time of this taping, it, it it's have hasn't approached yet. And so future you listening, you may know the outcome. Maybe maybe there is no world at that moment. Maybe, you know, uh, the world ended. I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't know how you would be listening to this if the world ended. Anyways, we, we, we shall move on. Um, yeah, I mean, it, there, there's an election coming in. And so many people, wherever side you land on, is fighting for this idea of, uh, you know, uh, uh, all or nothing. You you have to vote for this candidate or or you have to vote for this candidate because lives are at stake. Uh, and I'm not saying that, that people's lives aren't affected by who we vote or not vote for. But it's not the end of the world. Uh, in terms of the things that we need to, to focus on as Christians. Again, we can see it as the global threat. Um, and Jesus has a lot to say about that. You know, last episode of the podcast, we talked about how the Jews dealt with Rome. And Rome was the global threat, right? And they all had different ways of dealing with that threat. And I don't think it was um, coincidence that Jesus hardly ever talked about Rome, which was, to me, was bizarre. Um, he preached more against the house of Israel, right? The, the house of, of, of Judah, really, not Israel, but Judah, be specific. But Israel as a whole, I mean, it, you know, it, it characterizes as God's people. But he was he was more worried about cleaning the inside of the cup, you know, quote from Jesus, uh, and dealing with what's happening inside um, the house, so to speak, of, of God's people versus worrying about Rome. Like, like, why are we worrying about Rome when there's things that we have to work on ourselves? And and that is so true. I mean, we, we could worry and have this um, anxiety about, all the threats and and let's defeat those things and and neglect the more important things to me that that gives us the strength to go through these global threats i.e pan the pandemic to to stay hopeful at a time where there's no hope and that is working on our relationships and and, and uh, tangible concepts like love and trust faithfulness um to me those are the aspects of life we need to focus on those those are the things that matter right now not so much who i'm going to vote for not so much if there's a vaccine or not a vaccine uh, i hope there is again don't don't get me wrong i hope that we have someone in office that can help further um, and, and progress uh, America in a healthy way. I have my thoughts about that just entirely. Um, again, I, I'm I'm always uh, apprehensive of throwing my hope, <laughs> throwing my trust. Right? It, to me, trust is 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 more valuable than the money in my bank account. And and I am very cautious of throwing around my trust 
uh, outside of Jesus, uh, outside of God. I think we all have to, especially if you call yourself a Christian, you need to be very cautious of where you throw your trust and how you throw around your trust. Um, because, again, those things aren't going to bring um, ultimate contentment, right? We're only defeating one threat to only jump into another one. And it's the same for these movies. They dodge one global danger only to jump in the local one. Like I said, if we were to play these movies out the, in, in real time, we would see that these characters still have issues. That the world is still fractured and is still missing something. And just because you defeated the alien or some intergalactic Thanos creature or zombie apocalypse or or the world being swallowed by hell itself, right? I mean, no matter what it is, aliens, natural disasters, a meteor crashing in and destroying planet Earth, or venomous snakes on a plane. I had to throw that in there one more time. But whatever it is, we will still have issues on the other side. We will still have problems to deal with. It won't solve our hurts. And and I thought about that. Like it it won't solve the affinity war against fractured and complicated relationships of a- absent parents or guardians or whoever you were raised with. That's real. Issues that I have and working through with my dad, even as a Christian, even as a pastor, are real. Or an outbreak with sexual purity. Right. We can talk about an outbreak of the coronavirus. What about the outbreak of sexual purity, of pornography? Again, don't get me wrong. I want a vaccine. This is that we still need to deal with the global threat. That's not that's not my point. Like we forget it. We deal with that. Right. But we don't bite into the fruit of thinking. All is saved. Right. The end of the movie. Roll the credits. No, no, no. Stop the credits. There's still outbreaks out there, again, like sexual purity. Pornography is a, is a vicious, there's a pandemic in terms of pornography that is ruining relationships, that is uh, altering the view, particularly of young men, of what love really is, of what a relationship between two people looks like. I mean, it's warping it. And warping the image of women uh, and putting them in a place of, of I don't know, like this weird, inanimate, uh, like they're not human. I mean, you, you, get, you get pulled into pornography at a level, uh, women don't seem human anymore and only tools for pleasure. And, and you got to, I'm telling you, that, that messes people up and and makes the the family the dynamic worse and worse right that we need to be aware of that then that has been going on for a long time you know the world world the war of worlds with anxiety the battling back and forth of, of with our own anxiety and other mental health issues 
that's still going to be there. The deep impact of loneliness and wanting to try to find that that one or that person and, and the fear of being lonely the rest of your life. And lastly, the end game of, of a distant marriage, right? There, there's, there's issues just in marriage to work through. That we can, you know, again, I said Avengers Endgame is one of my favorite movies and it's awesome. And it's great to defeat Thanos. But what about the Thanoses in my own marriage? Right? What about those struggles? Defeating a global threat doesn't make me a better husband. Defeating a global threat isn't going to help my vulnerability when I mess up in my marriage. And having to ask my wife for forgiveness because I hurt her. That's going to be some reflection I need to have for myself. A, a, an evaluation that I need to have for myself. And I don't know many places to go to get help with that. And I can't recommend a place, i.e. the Bible... That has helped me with that. Again, for for just a brief moment, these movies do give us a, sil- a, a feel. Uh, sorry, they give us a feel of victory, a defeating that extreme enemy. But again, I, I just think that these same characters in these movies that we watch at the end are still searching to be saved, and you kind of see that in the sequels. <laughs> they, they don't they don't end up in these great places in the sequel. They kind of end up. Sadly, in the same situation, if not worse. These characters are still in need of salvation. And um, and we can't be fooled with that because today it's the same way. Um, I, I, I'm hopeful that we will find a vaccine and that the world will, uh, superficially, will be cured, so to speak. But we're still going to be searching to be saved from those things I just mentioned, our purity, anxiety, mental illness, loneliness, marriage, you know, relationships, we're going to still need salvation. Which gets us to our next point. There is hope, people. Yes, there is. There's true hope. And uh, and this is the next part of, of what we call our come to Jesus moment. And in this come to Jesus Jesus moment, is sponsored by Matthew 6. And uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn over there. Um, we're going to talk a little bit before we get into it. Uh, but Matt, we're going to camp out in Matthew 6, uh, 25 to 34. Um, and, and this is kind of interesting. Um, I gave a lesson to one of our groups. Uh, my wife and I, we, we oversee and lead our um, singles ministry or unmarried um, ministry. And uh, we call it Impact. And, you know, I, I, we've been doing this series called Unlocked, and, and really it's, it's just unlocking um, the, 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 the different um, and great truths about uh, God's Word um, that's transforming you to be the you that God wants. And uh, not God wants, but that God had intended, I should say. Uh, he wants you however you are, but, but there is a place that He intends us to be. Um, a form that that he uh, as 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 people that he wants to bring us to, and and that's um, the 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 part 
that we talk about um, in this in the series. And and one of the last uh, classes that that we talked about, we camped out on on, on Matthew six. I've been reading a lot about Matthew six, and and, and the gist of it is is talking about worry and, and anxiety. And I, and I thought about this this whole idea of a disaster movies that that a lot of times causes <laughs> worry and, and anxiety when we feel like wow if the world really happened well the world is really there with this pandemic and i thought like wow like well, what's really going to help us uh, not only get over the global danger or defeat the global threat but but really help us learn and get over the struggles that we have every day the threats that we encounter every day and it was Matthew 6, 25 to 34. And before we jump in there, I want to talk about a couple things. Um, there, There is this belief, and, and a lot of it was um, thrown out there uh, by different people, but but the most prominent was was uh, Abraham Maslow, where he gives us the, the Maslow hierarchy. And um, if you haven't heard of it, most of us are pretty familiar of it. But if you haven't heard of it, uh, you can Google it and, and you can hear about it. But, you know, he talked about um, really five basic needs that, that we have. It's uh, physiological safety, love and belonging, esteem, and self-actualization. And um, and he talks about these needs that we have. And, and once we uh, meet one need, then uh, another emerges until we get up to the top, which is self-actualization. Sorry, I'm having a tough time of pronouncing that word. Um, but but it, it allows us to move up and deal with the deeper, uh, or I want to say deeper, but but the next need up uh, in the the pyramid. And and he talks about those things. It kind of goes through, but it gives this idea that that um, you know. In, in, in a time of distress and need, like a, i.e. a disaster movie, we revert to the, the basic needs, uh, the basic physical needs, right? Air, water, food, shelter, sleep, clothing, reproduction, right? And, and especially during this uh, pandemic, um, people have definitely had um, resulted to those basic needs um, and, and just really losing their minds, especially in the beginning, buying up crazy amounts of toilet paper and hand sanitizer and there's like picture on twitter i remember seeing this lady who had a, a, a shopping cart filled with it had to be like 15 gallons of milk um and i'm just like oh my gosh like where do you store that and are you really going to drink all that i mean like you know the world's ending and you really want milk uh i mean <laughs> i don't know i mean i want to judge her but i am uh i mean it was a lot of milk um, but, 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 you know, Maslow talked about the, these basic, uh, needs that we have and in these disaster movies, it does reduce us down to those basic core things, survival, right? Um, but, but when I had started to dive in and read about Matthew six, I thought, about, man, here, here's the answer. Um, here's the answer to any disaster. Here's the answer to any, uh, global threat, um, pandemic, earthquake, alien invasion. Here it is right there for us to uh, to learn, to see, to grow and be healed from. And, and, and so let's dive on in and talk about that. Um, when you start to read and really dive into this, you really see that God is is the the meter of needs. <laughs> I don't know how else to say that. He is the ultimate uh, one to take care of us. He's the ultimate one 
to satisfy all of those uh, uh, core needs uh, in the hierarchy, so to speak. And um, whether it's a natural disaster and you're at the basic level or, or whether, you know, life is fine, right? Like, like, like the, there's no threat, but there's still need there. There's still love and care need, protection. There's still uh, uh, needs that we have. And when I read Matthew 6, it's like at 25 to 34, it's like, well, there it is. Here's God, the meter of needs, right? If there's a list of, of names to call him, the mighty one, right? The, uh, the Colossus of Clout, right? <laughs> I love the Sandlot. Um, but the meter of needs would be the one that, that I, I would throw out there uh, as, for God. So let's read, let's read some scripture. Let's get into this. You know, in verse 25, it says, Therefore I tell you, I'm reading the NIV, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air, and they do not sow, reap, or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single, single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? And uh, we will stop there. We're going to break this up in, in different parts and as we go. You know, but as I was reading this, I thought like, wow, like, this is awesome. And and from the jump, as, as Jesus is talking about this, and again, this is part of a, a, a greater sermon, which is called Sermon of the Mount. It's chapters of Matthew 5 through 7. It's believed that he uh, preached this pretty frequently and, and that it was um, something that, that was on the minds of his disciples and for them to write that down because it is preserved in such a... Um, uh, really thorough form, and so again, it was believed by scholars that this was this was a reoccurring sermon that that Jesus would preach, which is great. As a pastor, I have those. I have those kind of go-to timeless, is what I call them, uh, sermons in in, in my um, library that I can preach anywhere in any town, any nation, any country, in front of anybody because they, they it translates so well. And Jesus had one of these, and this is the Sermon on the Mount. And, and what's cool is he's, and Jesus starts off in 26, and he's arguing from the lesser to the greater. He takes a, a small and insignificant example and compares it to a more extreme example. And in, in this case, God uses the care for birds and, and obviously grass of the field, lawn care, uh, and he compares it to us, which we are more. <laughs> we are uh, greater than that. And, and, he, and he shares, hey, if God's heart is to care for the little things, then he's certainly going to care for you that has much more value. And he does this a lot. In fact, not he, but but the Bible and the writers do this a lot. It comes up 21 times in the New Testament. And I'll have a list of those in the show notes uh, down um, below. But it, but it's really cool when you see that. And we're going to go to uh, another example to, to point this out. Um, if you turn over the just the next chapter over in Matthew 7, in verse 11, Jesus says, you know, if you then, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven 
give good gifts to those who ask him. Again, we see another example of this argument from lesser to the greater. This example is, is, is less flattering for us. And so he's, he's comparing um, us who are evil, again, I'm using quotes, uh, to God, which is there's no comparison. And uh, so, again, less flattering. But again, he, get, he gives this example and, um, and he's sharing in a comp- and really trying to communicate to the group, God is awesome, and he absolutely loves you. He's thrilled about you, and, and he cares for you. Well, why is he doing this? Why is Jesus doing this? Don't God's people know how awesome he is? Don't the Jews, are they very, aren't, aren't they very aware of who God is? Well, I think when we look at the state of affairs uh, at that point, um, just prior to Jesus coming onto the scene, you had 400 years of silence from Micah to Matthew in terms of the time frame within the, in the biblical timeline. No prophecies, no prophets, no word uh, of the Lord coming down. They had the, the, the Torah and the writings, but there was, there was no... God intervening here. And so that'll do something to you. 400 years. That'll do something to you. Um, then there, throughout that time, there's been a history of just different fighting and foreign oppressors coming over and taking over God's people. And you had that with the Greeks um, that ended up, uh, it started off somewhat okay, but then ended up um, not good. Uh, when you had the Maccabean Revolt and the Jews fighting for their religious freedom under uh, Greek rule. And, and so that can cause a lot of trauma there um, of, of God's people fighting through that. But then they, you know, shortly find themselves, not shortly, but, but sometime later find themselves under another uh, uh, oppressor, which is Rome. And that didn't end well either, especially in, in 70 A.D. And in fact, it, 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 it ended horribly. And so, so there's a lot going on there. And, and, and Rome is doing some crazy stuff from uh, excessive taxes, um, really dividing camps within, uh, with, within the, uh, the Jews. And you got the Sadducees who are siding with them and tax collectors who are seen as traitors uh, to the people. I mean, it's crazy, and and so there's a lot that, that that's happening, and, and that fractured the groups, and again, if you go back to the previous episode, we talk about that and how the groups fractured during that time, and so, wow, like, th- this is real. They're battling and fighting um, just to keep it all together, and, and so, yeah, I mean, you got to imagine when Jesus is preaching this, and and talking about how awesome God is and how much he cares and loves for them and that hey if he cares for the parakeet and and in the in the the yard i mean you know like if he cares for uh, the grass growing water in the grass then obviously he's going to care for 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 them and that had to be water uh to a person Stuck in a desert. I mean, that's a terrible and lame analogy. <laughs> I mean, basically, it's it's got to be uh, 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 well received, is what I'm trying to say. Wow, like that that to to see that perspective. God hasn't forgotten us, uh, you know. And I didn't mention that they're still waiting for the Messiah too, as well. 
So you can, you can, it can be this ultimate feel of abandonment. But Jesus is bringing him back, saying, no, no, God cares for you. God wants to be near you. And, and I'll throw out the question for you just to think about and to ponder is, what would your view of God be at this time? I mean, what would you be feeling at this time? Because I know for me, I would be, be fighting thoughts of abandonment. I'd be thinking, man, like, uh, now I, I go the other way. I don't go in terms of attacking God. And, and I've never really done that. And that's, it's not me saying, oh, well, I'm holier than thou. Uh, I definitely been times that, that I've been confused uh, about different things that I've gone through with God. And, and it felt like, okay, what is God doing? Um, but, but my uh, default, um, when, when, you know, things are crazy or disaster movie, like I, I, I start turn inward and start, um, blaming myself. Um, I have this, uh, nature to, to put down myself. And, and so I would be at this time, if I was in the audience, I'd be feeling like, like, wow, like, where is God? And, and maybe, um, I'm not good enough for him. Maybe I, I messed up. Maybe he, um, maybe he doesn't want me. Um, and I'm too sinful to be near him, right? That, that's where I would go. But my view nonetheless would be messed up. I, I would be feeling like, where is he? And, and I, I must move on with my life because at this point, God is gone. And so again, but hearing the message from Jesus, look at the birds, do not sow, reap, or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? What weight to that statement? And we have to understand the magnitude of that statement, what is felt. And I'm not saying that they didn't hear uh, teachers and rabbis teach uh, messages of hope, but I'm saying for our purposes of reading this and hearing this, you, you got to be encouraged by it. Um, the hope that this brings to the audience and how Jesus was establishing the safe place with God and creating this place uh, to, to fight against the, the global threat, right? The global disasters. And at that time, Rome, that, that God is our safe place. Again, it's another question I want you to think about. Is God a safe place for you? Has God been a safe place for you during this pandemic? I mean, there's a lot of things going on. And not just the pandemic. Like, it's just, I mean, this is the pandemic time of, of year in 2020. Really, it's 2020. But there's been so much drama happening in 2020. So much things that can cause some severe trauma in 2020. But is God your safe place or have you ran to other things have you ran to be satisfied and and coddled by things that are not of god um you really gotta think about that because it can be very very tempting okay let's continue on so when we continue um you know verses 31 to 32 it says do not, so do not worry in saying what shall we eat what shall we drink what shall we wear for the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Again, Jesus is turning again his now his commentary to the world. You know, we were looking at how awesome God is, and he's and he's getting us to look up, 
Now he's getting us to look down at the earth. And he's getting us to say, hey, now look at what the pagans do. And he's pointing out like the 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 lifestyle of worry and anxiety, which disaster movies bring about of the characters in those movies. And, and what the pandemic now is bringing about for us who are living in this real life movie. And it's and it's saying like. We should not be like the pagans or those who are 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 uh, not uh, or don't have a relationship with God. Again, that's how we translate in our day. But for them is outside of Judaism, like like. We shouldn't be like them because we have a heavenly father. We shouldn't act like them. We shouldn't run around worrying, being anxious. That should not characterize the people of God. And this is a great uh, commentary or, or a, quite, a great quote from a commentary. Um, it's a pillar New Testament commentary of Matthew that I want to read. And, and it just really profound and just convicted me about my own self and how I'm carrying uh, myself in life and, and every day. And it reads, uh, such people cannot claim to be members of the heavenly family, and speaking of uh, people of God. Such people cannot claim to be members of the heavenly family and is not surprisingly accordingly that they should not be anxious and ask questions like these. Again, not talking about the people of God, actually, he's talking about um, the pagans. I'm totally sorry. So back up. Um, uh, the commentaries is making the quote about the pagans, right? Um, that, that Jesus is making. He says, such people cannot claim to be members of the heavenly family. And it is not surprising accordingly that they should be anxious and ask these questions again, like what should we eat? What should we wear? As they see it, they must seek and supply these necessities by their own efforts and out of their own resources. Anxiety is natural for them. But worry should not characterize God's children. Wow. What? I mean, convicting. To people outside of God, anxiety and worry is natural for them. Right? And I'm not, and if you're not a Christian and you found this podcast, I'm not trying to put you down. I'm not trying to throw shade on you. Um, but, but again, if, if, if those who claim to follow a heavenly being that is perfect and that loves us and have all control from our worldview perspective, worry and anxiety should not characterize us. Now, that does not mean we don't worry and and be anxious because we're not perfect. But you got to ask yourself the question, are you characterized by worry and anxiety? When people think of you, they think, well, you know, again, Richard, man, all, all he is, he, he's, he just worries all the time. He's anxious all the time. If that characterizes you, then something is amiss. Something is amiss with your relationship with God. Now, again, I'm not talking about if you are battling through anxiety and there is therapy that you're going to or maybe medication that you're taking. I'm not bashing you for that. Please take that. That's a help. You are actively trying not to be characterized that way. And I hope that that scripture and relationships uh, with the church family is helping you develop and grow that. But just uh, apart from the scriptures, we should not 
allow ourselves to run in other directions and 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 in a way to be solely characterized by these traits because i believe the power of god that he has and the wisdom that he has pointing you to these these helps uh and and, and i'm a, i'm i am a fan of of getting help uh again along with scripture and letting scripture guide you through that help and there's evidences in the scriptures of, of things like that and, and giving prescriptions and help and things like that not not to t but but again I, I the point i'm making is that for us as Christians, we should not be characterized by this. And again, a thought for you to, to think about scripture, or not scripture, but a question for you to think about. You know, what gets you anxious? What do you worry about? And is that consuming for you? Is that what's plaguing you? Are you completely enthralled and caught up in that? Because I can tell you, whether the pandemic is gone or here or not, you are still going to suffer from that unless you get help from Jesus. I'm asking you to have a come to Jesus moment. And this is what Jesus is preaching to the people. He's like, you're going to run around like, like the people outside of, of God's family. And you're going to worry and, and, and be anxious and, and suffer from anxiety till death. But if you're in God's family, God is there. And not to say he doesn't love people outside of him. He does. But if you're in God's family, you're actually going to listen and obey his words that are going to help you, that are going to protect you, that you're going to see God as the meter of needs. Again, so don't worry. What should you eat? What should you drink? What should you wear? For pagans run after these things, but your heavenly Father knows that you need them. He knows that you need those same things that people outside of God's family need. He knows that. But he's going to help us put our perspective in a different place. And that is the next verse in 33. He says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. He's like, hey, I know that you need those things, but that's not the place to put your anxiety and to put your worry. The same way for the disaster movie. Hey, I know you've got to defeat Godzilla. I know that you got to defeat the alien or the the asteroid's going to hit the planet. But your worry can't be there. Your worry has to be put in the right place so you can accomplish and get through these weighted and pressurized situations. And and for us today, you know, our our worry can't be cast and thrown on the pandemic, especially as as if you're Christian. And it needs to be focused on God. It needs to be focused on the teachings of Jesus. That that's going to get you through. Now, I'm not saying we don't. If vaccine comes out, go get vaccinated, right? Um, do everything you need to do to be socially distanced and 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 respect people's space and, and all of that. But that's not where our worry should be. Uh, they're not wearing masks. That's not where our worry should be. Our worry should be on God and his kingdom in, in, in 33 These words still rang true and very convicting today. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. You know what's 
interesting is that that word seek is uh, put in the present imperative. And, and what that means is that it means that the present stem of the verb in Greek is used not only for describing an action that is going on at the present time, but for actions that go on over a period of time, continuously or repeatedly. So we usually, uh, so we usually translate the present imperative as doing or do something. And again, and I'm not, I'm not any a Greek scholar, but but that was cool to me to see that like that that word seek in Greek is put in the present imperative that it co- conveys this idea of continually seeking, not letting up, uh, requiring the, this this constant uh, effort uh, that that God is is wanting uh, for His followers to have. You're not seeking to accomplish something and then setting it aside. You are seeking. And continually doing it because that's who we are, and 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 one of the quotes I read when I was doing um, just studying and looking at different um, thoughts on the matter, uh, one of the, the scholars just said that that this is not seeking uh, or a seek to to be saved, but a seeking and a continually seeking because we are saved. And I thought that was man, that was profound. And I thought of my relationship with my wife. That, you know, there was a pursuit when we're dating, but now there's this deeper seeking after her love now being married. And, and it would be like the ultimate like slap in the face if I went all all in on seeking her and pursuing her uh, to, to get married and then they get married and then I just stop it. Like like how how horrible would that be? That, that, that I put all this work and effort to to win her heart and then I win her heart and then I just drop it or or it's like yeah we, we got married and I become this this total uh, 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 just you know horrible husband right I mean that, that's, that's that's terrible and we all uh, can relate to that and whether you're married or not and have these relationships where I mean how would you feel if someone were, were to go all in and all out to pursue you and then once they got you they just stopped. Right. I mean, that that's 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 ridiculous. But that's not what God wants us to do in in our relationship with him. There's got to be this continuous seek because of who he is, because he is that meter of needs that it should inspire us to continue to seek. And that's where our focus should be to get through these crazy times. You can write down Philippians three. 7 through 16, just incredible of seeing Paul's heart um, of an example of how you seek. And I want to I read this uh, in Philippians 3, 7 through 16. It says, and this is Paul. This gives an example of how to seek in a relationship with God. He says, but whatever I was to my prophet, I now consider a loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for those for, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. And, and that, that word rubbish can be translated garbage in some versions. And I've even seen as dung. Uh, crazy. Like it's boo-boo. Uh, sorry. I just, it's hilarious. Uh, verse 9. And be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that of which through faith in Christ Jesus, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. 
I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings and becoming like him in his death. And so uh, somehow attaining the resurrection of the dead, not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on. On toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. And and we end there, wow, like this is how you seek God. This is how you continually and, and, and relentlessly, tirelessly seek our Lord, our God, the meter of needs. And, and through, through Jesus, he, he's given us that example. And Paul, you see it. He's like, I want to know Jesus and I'll do anything to see that happen. And I just think for us, we just got to take note of this. This is how we should be. This is how we should carry ourselves in our relationship with God in 2020, in the pandemic, and all the, the, the crazy things that's happening in our society. We need to take note from Paul of how to seek God. And then he ends in 34, Jesus, in Matthew 6, 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. For each day has enough trouble of its own and and this gets to our, our last point um, as I read this verse of personal revelation it came at this verse um, for me again there's a lot that I learned and in, in what I just shared in the terms of the come to Jesus moment but personal res- revelation before we end uh, today's podcast is is this moment here in verse 34 when he says do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own. And, um, you know, going back to the pillar, New Testament commentary, Matthew, this is one of those quotes that along with that verse, it just really brought to life for me and how I need to carry myself, especially this pandemic, the global threat, right? The disaster movie. And the quote says, uh, there's no need to be anxious even about tomorrow. And this is again in the, in the pillar commentary, let alone the days ahead. Tomorrow will be anxious about itself. Does not mean that while we must not worry about today, tomorrow we may worry then. No, no, not that. It is a forceful way. Jesus saying the commentary is saying is Jesus is trying to get us to see that it is a forceful way of saying that we must always uh, worry must always be deferred and 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 put tomorrow's worry should be put off and deferred and not to be another additional weight for our own. Uh, days, uh, time, or or, or 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 today's amount of worry. Sorry, I'm tripping over my words here. That that we need to we need to make future worry put it in its place and compartmentalize it. But that all the things that we need to do today, we need to accomplish those things. And at the end of this quote, it says, "If worry is confined to tomorrow, we are free." 
for it. It is always today. And, and, and what that meant for me, getting that and looking at Matthew 6, 34, it is incredible because if I can, if I can take tomorrow's worry and keep it in its place and then deal with Richard today, then I'm free, right? I, I'm not, I'm not shackled and constantly being anxious about what next, but then I can be content with Christ. I can be content with Jesus and seeking him and deal with the things I can deal with today, that I am free, that I am free from anxiety, right? And not that I would never be anxious, but, but I can, I have an answer for it, that I'm not caught up into false hope, but, but, but I'm given real hope in Jesus that, that I can really defeat the worries of my life, whether global threat or local threat. If I seek God in a way that, that, that I, I run to him, uh, I, I go to him, uh, and I don't let up, I will be given those answers. I'll be given that direction. I'll be comforted in the way that I'm looking for, that defeating the pandemic is not going to bring. Um, it'll allow me to go out in public without a mask. <laughs> um, it'll allow me to go eat in my favorite restaurants uh, and not worry about the person next to me um, and not have to deal with the drama. But it's not going to give me eternal peace. I'm still going to have the issues that I'm dealing with, whether my own household or or the members at our church or or family members that that I still got to work out issues with it doesn't solve all those things Jesus will Jesus is going to solve those things and he will continue to solve those things for me in my life and all he asks of me is to continually seek him for me to make that effort for me to continue to push forward and in that, I can put tomorrow in its place. I can focus on what's on with me today and seek God while I have today, while it's still called today. Thank you for joining the uh, podcast today. Hopefully it was helpful for you. Uh, if you want to find out more about my ministry, you can click on the links down below and check out lessons and sermons and other stuff and material to help you and guide you in your walk. Thanks again uh, for joining us for Movie Ministry uh, and listening to us wherever you are, at home, um, if you if you have an essential job or working a job or you're getting back to work, I think as things are still opening up here and there or at school. Um, I mean, I don't know how many campuses are, are open now at the time of this podcast and, and by the time you listen to it, maybe all of them are closed. Who knows? Or are you commuting somewhere? Um or are you are you stuck in your basement? Uh, I'm glad that you've joined no matter where you're at. And I hope you stick around for more and more podcasts and give me feedback. I welcome it uh, and continue to support us by joining the conversation. Thank you. 